0: This podcast is part of the GWC Network. For more information on it or to check out some of our other awesome podcasts, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. After the tone, enjoy the show. This is Save Eureka, podcast number 20, Once in a Lifetime. Welcome back, everybody.
1: Yeah. Dude. We got deep Eureka this week.
0: Hell yeah. This is the season finale. Season one finale, right?
1: Yes, yeah, it is. It is the yeah. last episode
0: of
2: season one. Holy crap.
1: I am really glad to get a chance to see this again because I remember the first time around not fully understanding everything that was going on. And now, I mean, knowing Having what happens. Seen yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> you know, three more seasons on top of this, I'm just barely grasping what the hell is happening.
2: Yeah. All I, well, I was saying to Chuck beforehand is like, this, I, I can't. I forgot how deep this episode. Yes, was.
1: deep is exactly it. I mean, and we went from, you know, kind of light and goofy and creepy, you know, and then we had house rules where it's finding its kind of emotional feet, and then bam.
0: Let's just throw it all into conflict, which will never quite
2: resolve, <laughs> and let's mentally damage two of our primary characters forever.
1: I can't wow. help but wonder if there wasn't some time. In between uh, when they made House Rules" and when they were uh, filming this episode, where the writers must have sat down and realized how serious the um, show was becoming and you know getting the kind of audience feedback or something, you know you get the sense that there' like a lot changed, and there was a lot of uh, maturing of the show in these last couple episodes.
2: Well, I think what's happened with it is that you had House Rules," which is where they kind of really figured out what they were wanting to do. With the series, which is what we recognize as as the later seasons. Right. And then you have this this finale, which wraps up the dark story that was started with the pilot.
1: Right, right.
2: And it's just, and because we're now looking at this knowing so much about these characters, that it just takes on this really deep emotional uh, context. Um, I mean, you've got... You've got major sacrifices made by uh, by Henry and Carter in this, and I mean, there's there's really not that much of the uh, the humor side of, of Eureka coming through in this episode.
1: Yeah, almost not at all.
2: Hey, you get your wish. Alternate universe uh, Stark is a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and alternate universe Taggart is Stark naked. He's <laughs> does that guy ever wear pants? <laughs>
1: I love the uh, Stark Industries or whatever it was, the Stark Tower, and uh, and then he. Oh, I
2: missed that. Is that where he was?
1: It didn't say industries. I'm sorry, but it it said Stark Tower. It was this huge skyscraper, and it looked just like Biff's Tower, kind of, except without the (laughs) Vegas flair. Biff Phil. Yeah, Stark Phil. And then uh, and then he shows up and he does the thing on the board, like drawing the timeline, just like Doc in Back (laughs) to the Future is like, you know, creating a completely alternate, you know the parallel time line, time time line. It
2: to this tangent. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, imagine how back to the future would have went if Biff was a super genius.
1: <laughs> you sound stupid when you say it that way. <laughs> but you make like a tree and get out of here.
0: Yeah, I mean imagine that though. Things like an idiot. things would have okay. gone a slightly differently.
2: I can't wrap my brain around that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like how they gave Stark like their best try at like bad guy hair. <laughs> you know he looked like Sonic the Hedgehog.
0: <laughs> oh, that's
2: cold. Oh. No, oh, it was all—it
1: was all like brushed back, so it was pointed horizontally behind him.
2: Well, he was doing that kind of head waggle swagger thing. <laughs> <laughs> spe- the, when he was walking to the elevator, I'm like, okay, you're going a little thick on that.
1: Yeah, it was like uh, it was like he had made it all stand up with gel, and then gotten a convertible and drove really fast. <laughs>
2: That'll work. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. He was a little bit more. Uh, his his dickishness was over the top in this episode. No, it oh, was just, oh, it was nasty when he agrees to help them and you realize why.
0: Of course, you know, the thing to remember, too, though, is that he got screwed in that timeline. I mean, essentially.
2: <laughs> He's the Biff of this timeline. <laughs> essentially, he Henry. Wow, he is Biff. <laughs> this is funny.
0: Essentially, Henry, um, you know, Doc Browned him. But
1: but Stark is not supposed to know that, so why would he... There's no excuse to act like that if he doesn't know. No, that's not true.
0: He knows he got screwed. It doesn't matter that... he, He doesn't know there was an alternate timeline where he wasn't, but he does know that he got screwed. Essentially, Henry, like
2: scammed him out. Yeah,
1: that's true. God, re-
2: remember all that mutual respect we were talking about last episode? <laughs> yeah, Henry kind of threw all that out the window and yeah.
0: just went wow. for his- And and because of that, you know, I could see how a guy like Stark if you if you stole his life essentially would would just hate you and maybe lose some of his humanity and become a dick. You know?
2: Henry actually really is the bad guy in this episode.
0: Actually, yeah. Henry, I didn't trust Henry again until season four, late season four.
1: Yeah, and that's well, part, partly because of what happens in the episode right after this, too. Henry yeah. Henry continues on his rampage of shady behavior.
0: And you can see why. I mean, that and at, even at the time when I didn't like him, at the time when I was like, I don't think I can ever trust him again, you know, I still... Felt like, damn! What a great show. Because I don't. He's not wrong, you know. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I, I can see why he's doing what he's doing, but I. I think it's. I think it's wrong. I think it's not. You know. I. I wouldn't trust him, but I get where he's coming from. You know, there weren't just these. I'm a bad guy. Kind of. If you, you know, think about it, they're yeah. all motivated. You know.
1: It was interesting though how Kim was so. I mean, it must have been horribly difficult for her, first of all, to even see that kind of thing would just freak you out. And then to me know
0: out. how, you know, she's a good person. You had mentioned when we were watching the episode, Aldra—that yeah. Kim is just a really nice person. You know how you know she's a good person is that she goes to him to essentially tell him that he's going to have to let go of her and let her die.
1: Yeah, right. I mean what like does it take for a person you. she said it's not it's, it's not, not just, just about us. you and not just about me. Yeah. And that is yeah. incredible. I mean it's the cool. ultimate the goods of the many outweigh the needs of the you know, the few or the one and and poor Henry, I mean I sympathize with him, but in a way, I mean he's not he's refusing to look at the consequences that he has caused yeah. for everyone else. I'm sure he'd feel awful if he'd let himself look at it, but he won't even do that. Yeah. Because the only thing he's focused on is his own life and yeah, relationship.
2: He's, he's he's basically pushed all of the reason down and just, you know, justified it in his brain as, as you, you know, the, we're supposed to be together and I must do this to maintain that. And I mean, she's looking at it from, you know, destroying the world is not... <laughs> it's not just gonna worth. work. Yeah. Yeah. It's not worth my life here. <laughs> I mean she's thinking of the greater good and and he's he's just consumed with with grief. You know what that reminds
0: me of? I'm sorry. It's what I uh uh we have some friends in town and we were watching the other night. They were talking about how they watched Stargate and they saw the first few and and kinda had a rough time with it, like everybody, right? So I was like, the first couple, like in yeah, oh, one, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, the the first,
1: first episode. Oh,
0: most of the season first one, first couple for full frontal nudity <laughs> episode. Well, just one. There's only the one. Yeah, I don't count the one. It doesn't. Anyway, long yeah, story it short,
1: was, it was O'Neill <laughs> <laughs> swinging in Harry.
0: <laughs> yeah, the the but but long story short, I was like, hey, you want to see one of my favorite episodes? They're like, yeah. So so I I showed them window of opportunity right time loop. time loop yeah
1: oh
2: time loop. Eggs. that's a great episode to check yeah out. i thought so and and so but but
0: it reminds me of okay so they you know when carter realizes that the time loop is happening and the, and she figures out that it's it's happening in this range of of like uh, 14 worlds or whatever that are stuck in this loop together yep. and uh and and then when they go and they talk to the guy that's making it happen right they're like uh dude uh just so you know, uh, it's not just you. It, you. You're affecting billions of people. You know, literally billions of it's like people. Like the guy in Logan's
1: Run, but this is me. Yeah. And then, <laughs> no, and
0: he has this look on his face, like he really didn't know. You know, and he's like, "What do you say at that point?" Oh, Ooh, by the way, I've inconvenienced <laughs> twenty. <laughs> I've, I've inconvenienced you know half a trillion people. Oops. He's like. I didn't realize. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, damn. Wow. <laughs> I know, I know. It's rough. It didn't, you know. I mean, imagine how bad it is. Like if you were supposed to, uh, you know, show up and talk to 50 people and you left them hanging and you feel like a, a jackass, right? Yeah. Well, imagine, you know, half a trillion people uh, yeah, were waiting. You know, and, and you, you
1: know Henry is <laughs> Henry is intellectual enough to know exactly that that what are those consequences. But I think emotionally, like I said, he just will not look at it.
0: You know, what it reminds me of too though. In a way, it reminds me of the Scrubs episode. You remember the the awesome? Uh, well, there's the episode where uh, Dr. Cox like wants to save all this group of of
2: four oh, five people. Yeah, you the, know? the
1: patients. Yeah. Oh,
2: the the twenty four hours of yeah right and they they get them all no 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 it's, oh no uh, sorry it's the the uh the infected transplant
0: right and right. uh actually in the they the they use all these organs from this person that turns out to have uh rabies yes right. and and it and they all die and he flips out and you remember in the episode at two or three later when he finally kind of wakes up from it all um that uh jd of all people who is usually just kind of a an ass, you know, says, you know what I like about you? I like the fact that after this long, you still take it this hard when something happens. And I think in a way, I I feel that way about, about, uh, Henry here. You know, it's the fact that he is smart enough and he does realize how bad all this is. And, and even knowing that it's still, he's still willing to try. I mean, you got to respect that in a way it's bad. And I'm, I wish he hadn't, but, you got to respect it. Well, and this is
2: why Carter's got to be the one to go back, because Carter is the person for describing that kind of, uh, you know that that kind of emotional context, and you know just being able to, you know, be there to uh, to stop Henry, and y- y- you know, it's like the, the, this is why Carter is so important to this community. Yes.
1: Wow. You I know agree. when Henry basically realizes that it's too late when carter stops him goes back Mm. and stops him and henry kind of collapses on the floor the look on jack's face is just heartbreaking because it's all this stuff at once he knows that he's just devastated henry for life you know yeah well he's basically
2: made the choice of letting her die and in a way like he was saying is that he he feels like he's responsible now
1: but he also makes a huge sacrifice himself I mean, yeah, he gave up his life. His his whole life. He had the life that he always wanted and he gave it all up. I mean, it wasn't just that he ends up with Allison, it's that he's happily married to Allison, that they're going to have a baby, that Zoe is, you know, a wonderful, successful young woman that um, you know, Kevin has grown up and is doing well and
2: Sarah finally got a female voice.
1: No kidding. <laughs> Most importantly, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, it's just everything that he ever wanted in the little mailbox that says the Carters. It's just symbolic of the... It's like yeah. the perfect life for him. And he... I mean, he wasn't giving up the same thing that Henry was, but he gave up an awful lot. And the look on his face is just... ah, uh, just rips your heart out. Really good dramatic acting for, yeah. uh, for people Joe- in a, a comedic series.
2: Yeah. Joe Morton is freaking awesome.
1: Yeah, it was so funny. There was a scene where... um who is he talking to and I made the terminator joke?
2: I was going
0: to say we kicked quite a few of those around yeah. actually.
1: He's talking to somebody and The
0: irony. They're
1: like I think it was he was talking with Stark or something and he's like how could you let this happen or something and I was like how could you not see this coming after Terminator 2, <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <laughs> You screwed it up again.
0: Yeah, I mean come on, you get it. Got to, you know, go back, stop the stuff from happening. Uh, and then then yeah, there were there were quite a few Quite a few jokes that we kicked around. You can't help it a little bit, knowing at the time, the first time I wouldn't have even thought of any of that. You know, it was so engrossing. But yeah, now there's knowing so much to take in. you know, there are some times where you would you would kick
2: around like uh But yeah, I mean I the <laughs> one the one that stood out for me was and it took me. You know how long it took me to get this Xbox, and it's only a 360. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: It's like that's 2010. It's like oh, yeah, that's you missed the mark a little bit. That's yeah.
1: funny. Yeah, they were they pretty kept optimistic. That,
2: that system going a little bit more longer they were, than uh,
0: they were pretty optimistic, weren't they?
1: Yeah, better, you know, better. I'm sure to err on that side. I guess, that it's then funny to, it to be dated. watching
0: it from 2011. You know?
2: Yeah, yeah. and It's like no, that's, it's still old. <laughs> hey, and look, that Cisco gear is still there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, yeah, and
0: (laughs) at least they weren't making a big deal out of video conferencing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like the one thing that always dates the futuristic type shows. (laughs) Yeah. Look, a TV screen.
0: (laughs) Yeah, now everybody's doing it with their phone, you know, you're like, hmm, hmm. So yeah, if you uh, if you could, uh, and and I understand if you say I don't want to answer this because I probably wouldn't now that I think about it. But if you could go back five years and make and and you know re inhabit your body the way wow. they did, what what would you do?
1: Well, he doesn't re inhabit his body. Yeah, he does. He oh, you mean? Oh, you mean? That's like what at the, the time en- travel was. You mean at the end when?
2: Well, that's that's what Henry all of
0: it was. Said. They explained that. Yeah. Like
2: the, yeah physical time travel was impossible in this uh, context, oh, but right. uh, consciousness transplant um, uh, between in fourth dimension was possible, so oh, okay,
1: okay so Henry
2: went back into his body the first time after having um, after she had died, you know got the technology together, went back in time. F- quote, fixed the timeline and then got to this point at which point Carter re-inhabited his body and, and I get forth. it.
1: So so even though they've lived, like Henry and Carter have lived four years more than anyone else, um, if they have no memory of that at any point, so, yes, then, when then Carter. physically there's no proof of yeah, it. Physically, it still they the haven't,
2: Yeah, physically their age doesn't change but I mean, and Henry's also got the added of well, however long it took for him to uh, figure all that out. Figure yeah. all that out. I mean, it, it, I think they referenced at some point it was only days. But, you know, he's, he's got that four years plus whatever time he did the first timer.
1: Yeah, yeah. You
2: no, know, he doesn't have. Yeah, I can't remember. He doesn't have. He does. He, uh, Henry doesn't remember the four years. He only remembers his first loop because he didn't go back a second time. Right. But Carter remembers more because he's seen the result. Carter's the only one with the memory of the alternate timeline.
1: Wait, Henry doesn't have that memory? Yeah.
2: Hen- yeah. Henry has the memory of... of. Um,
0: okay. okay, check it out. I got it. I should draw this and put it on the form. But no, check Marty, it out. I know- it's all
2: simple. Let me draw it on the chalkboard. <laughs> I know exactly
0: <laughs> what Juan's saying here. Check it out. Okay, so let's let's start with Henry, right? So Henry... Uh, Henry lives through uh, her dying, says, crap, I need to figure this out. Screws Stark out of his position. Right. Gets in, goes back, fixes it so that she doesn't die. Right. Right. But then, you know, but then apparently, and this is kind of an interesting thing that they never really explain. Because they are living in the in the universe where she did not die when we see it,
1: shouldn't Stark have been back in the job,
0: yeah, except that apparently he did it again and right. took charge again for some unknown reason,
1: maybe to make sure that no one found out what he did
0: could be right, but uh okay, so well, he one, yeah, so he has one one loop up through all the time that it took past her die past Kim dying to we're gonna you know uh all that time that it took him to figure it out, get in the position to go back and then to go back and then forward to the point where we pick up, right. Then Carter, Carter lives, um, Carter lives straight through all the way to, you know, uh, to the time that she's right. The Carter that we, that we see, um, Lives all the yep. way through once straight through from beginning to end with her with Kim never dying and then goes back and stops him
2: and stops the original Henry the original has Henry. gone back.
0: Right. So that. You know, him, I, yeah.
2: Yeah. So basically they've both only gone back once. Right. But Carter's the only one that remembers the, the universe where she lived.
1: Oh, okay. Because okay. the,
2: the Henry that he stops
0: is the one that went back after, after the first loop. So Right. Yeah.
1: And
2: actually, you would think that maybe he would still opt to take control just in case something went wrong and he needed to fix something else. Yeah. Because once you do it once and it works, why yeah. not do it again?
0: Yeah, that was always that, the that, problem. That's a
2: power that really starts to corrupt. It's like, well, you know, if something doesn't work to my to my will, then I'll just go back and change it. And did, at did that re- point, you really start to cross over into that, uh, you know, being above fate. Did either point. of you guys see Primer?
0: No. I have not. Okay. Um, it's on the
2: list, but, you know, yeah. my list is- Seven years
0: long. I'm just going to go ahead and say this. I mean, because it's kind of a shocker when you uh, at the end, but the but the truth is, Primer is a movie about these guys that have this build this time machine. It was actually oh, no, I did see it. Yes, yeah, sorry, no. It was yeah. actually shot. I don't know if you know this, but it was actually shot here in 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 North Dallas. Certainly looked flat enough. Yes. In fact, the uh, storage unit that they're that they're. What do you
1: mean, like topographically?
2: <laughs> it,
1: it says there's, no, there's nothing Listen, to see. Listen,
0: you're going to laugh when you actually hear this. The The storage unit that their, that their time travel device is in yeah. is the one that we used to rent all our, our trailers from for the band.
1: Oh, yeah, the one on Plano Parkway. Because yeah.
0: um, they walk out oppressing. of it, and they walk yeah. out across this field, and it's right there. It's the Over one. by
1: the car dealerships Also,
0: they play basketball at this one point in this kind of funky place. One of the uh, clients yeah. I have down in Addison... Uh, it's their building, and that's when you when you go in the building, oh. that, that basketball oh, yeah, court yeah. is right there. So there's a whole bunch of stuff in it you'll recognize. But anyway... Like um, office space? Yeah, sort of. The quick thing, the quick version is that they build this device, and it, it, it's not intended to be a time travel device, but they discover that it is. And it's kind of weird the way it works. It's not really fully practical because it's like you get in it for a certain number of hours, and then you come out and you have that many hours. So you have to, like, sit in this little cardboard box almost for, like, say you sit in it for five hours, and then you come out, you you repeat the five hours. So, you know... So you've gone back in time for five hours, Why
1: would you do that? (laughs) So you can't...
0: It's not like you could use it to, like, go back to, you know, the 1800s or something. But you could use it to, like, say, go back a day, or if you brought food, maybe two days... And, and then from those two days, you could do things like, like day trading is one thing that they try, you know, they decide they need some money. So what they do is they, they watch the stocks for a day and then get in the box for a day and then come back and then trade. And you're not going to make huge changes for the most part, but you can make little money that way. Right. But but uh,
1: you know like in Superman 3
0: <laughs> but it's it's kidding aside it's actually very serious the movie is really creepy because what happens is is they slowly start to kind of like unravel because of what what Juan was talking about it's the fact that once you can make a change you know th- you have a little bit of the butterfly effect thing, right, where you make yeah. a change and it makes another change, and then you want to fix that, so you go back and you try to fix that and you try to fix the other thing and it and then and then the the kicker is is that like they sort of become obsessed for different reasons and and they have a falling out and one of them goes back and tries to fix it so that the other one's not involved and there are all these things and at the very end, they have this sort of weird interaction, and the guy walks away, and the kicker is you discover that. He's listening to a recording of himself talking through the day, and you realize that he has lived this thing probably thousands of times. Trying to make it right, and yeah. he's literally
2: documented every Holy second of every crap. day trying to fix it to where he where right, wasn't because, fucked yeah, up. Yeah, because yeah, before things went wrong, he realized that they could, so he created another one, and it was like a kind of a dead man switch where he could try to back out changes that went way wrong and
1: like Groundhog Day.
2: Yeah, well, well, n- even worse. Like, like yeah. it was like it's like if the t- the time machine that we're using for our advantage goes bad, I have this other one that I can use to fix it and it it gets all really weird where it's it's like he's he's trying to think ahead of himself and and it's it's just not yeah i i I gotta go back and watch that again because and actually, just just to point out that that movie Butterfly Effect, even though it's got Ashton Kutcher in it, it actually is a really good movie. Actually, I,
1: heard it. I still haven't seen it. It's that. freaky uh, and
0: awful, but you should. By awful, I mean yeah. it's like it is scary, like hard at to a watch, core level. Yeah, yeah. Like like people getting their limbs ripped off isn't scary to me, but like having he that's has his gross, life right? dissected piece by piece, and everything that's important is is jacked up and lost, and it's scary. But no. Yeah, he, I,
2: yeah. And it's it's a result of trying to make things better for either himself or others, and he destroys his life doing it.
0: Yeah, and, and hmm. so both of these, I think, are really interesting ways of... Look, exactly, one, when you said that, I was just like, man, this, this has a, some history, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's a good point. It's that once, even in fiction, you know, when time travel, when you time travel to fix things, it never works out. It never, ever, ever works out. You know, it's always... It always goes bad because, it, you know, on one hand, like Juan said, you know, there's this urge that one what is right? You know, you say you fix something bad that happened. But what else happens with that? And do you fix that? And how? Right. where do you well, stop? It's, you know? it's,
2: it's also, yeah, it's, it's you know, not to drop another reference in, but we've got the you know, Jurassic Park chaos theory kind of thing that, uh, you know, you, you cannot really ever predict what your change is going to do either, right? Right. Like you try right. to you try to introduce something into a system where you think that you have control and you're making a change. You don't, cha- you don't yeah. because you know just by the nature of the universe, you cannot possibly predict how how things can work at a at a macroscopic level or whatever, right? Like it's just it we, we don't have the, the of- brain power to get around that.
1: And we're not omniscient. And can be. Right. Yeah.
2: And, and, you know, then you also get into the kind of the moral prospect of should you do this?
1: Right. Like, uh, what is it's it? It's like, that-
2: you, maybe you're affecting yourself, but where's the biff that's getting screwed over, right?
1: Yeah. No, I was just thinking about Doc at the end of, what is it, Back to the Future Part 3? Yep. When he shows up in the steam, the steam-driven Screw. thing, and, and Marty's like, what about all that stuff about causality? And Doc's like, ah. Uh.
2: Screw it. Decided to get whatever I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The future is whatever you make it, Marty. Now let me go away in my flying train.
1: The <laughs> Future
0: is whatever you make it. If your name is Doc Brown, especially if
1: you screw over everyone to get it.
0: Well, and the tough thing is, yeah, because what is fixed, you know? You uh, know
1: what? what
2: oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's okay. No, no, seriously, go ahead. I have, uh, It was a different track.
0: Fair enough. I'm ready.
2: Okay, I was going to say, the one line that really stuck out to me in this episode, which was actually way out of place, is somebody, I can't remember, I didn't write it down, so I don't remember, <laughs> but somebody said to somebody else, you know, it's like, "Well, oh, no, I guess it was Stark. He's like, why are you doing this? It's like, well, everyone deserves a second chance. It's like,
1: yeah, it was Stark. Wow, that's kind
2: of going against the, the, the theme of the entire episode. Well, I mean,
0: and of course, he was talking about himself, I think. Yeah,
1: he was, he was well, yeah, and that's yeah, I know, why it was but- so mean.
2: Right. But at the same time, it's like the point is, is that, you know, just because we have the ability to create a second chance in that manner, doesn't necessarily mean that it's, you know, like, interestingly, he gets a second chance and it
0: works out the same way.
1: Yeah. You know, you know what else is interesting is that um, in the alternate timeline here, we see Beverly saying to someone on the phone, I don't work for the consortium anymore. And then when we go back to, you know, at the very end of the show, when we get back to 2006 and everything is kind of reverted, Beverly is back working for the consortium. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like when everyone else was messed up, Beverly became an okay person or or she kind of removed herself from the whatever her villainous (laughs) activities were. But, (laughs) But now that the world is right again, she's the villain again. It's interesting. You know, it's almost like certain people are. So destined. the
2: universe changed. So she's the biff.
1: I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying. No, it's, I mean, I it's think like she's destined to have a particular kind of role.
0: Everybody did. It was honestly, things were better for everybody in the second well, it, one, except it for like the like fact that. seemed the largest that, changes were that people hooked up with each other.
1: Yeah? W- what were you saying, Jack?
0: No, just. Just that it seemed like everything was fine, except for the fact that they didn't exist coexist well. You know, like everything seemed to be better in that universe, except for the fact that it was going to crash with the other one.
1: Oh, yeah. right! Like it would have been fine. Yeah, if it like, weren't for the.
0: Yeah, unlike the other most of the other stories that we've been talking about, you know, where there are issues that come up directly related, like. Like you save the person from getting hit by the car, but then the car goes on and is used in a robbery that kills someone else or something, you know, who knows? And, and in this one though, it seemed like everything really did look better. And the everything we saw was better in the, in the alternate universe for everybody. It's just right. that they, it, apparently they couldn't coexist. So it was gonna, you know, the world was, what was it? The, the whole everything universe was going to unravel.
2: Everybody was happy. You know, it's like (laughs) the universe is ending, but screw it. Everyone's happy, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) There was a small problem, like the universe ending. Other than that, everything else was good. It's
2: it's just just a minor tweak. You know, if we could have the universe not end, that would be great. great, You know,
0: (laughs) it's kind of like that, though, isn't it? It's like we used to joke about that with the weather that, you know, I can like here. The weather's bad in Texas. The weather's bad every couple of days. You know, in California, it's like heaven and then every so often it just falls off and it's the like ocean, apocalypse
1: you know? like <laughs> <laughs> you know? once every couple of years it just it, destroys to the street. right you know yeah.
0: it's kind of like that here right it's like everything is great so it's got to go somewhere and that one little problem is oh by the way our universe is
2: going to end Whoops.
1: Yeah. yeah like everyone isn't meant to be that well <laughs> that set happy yeah yeah, yeah you know that was,
2: actually that theme shows up a lot in sci-fi like the uh that episode where in a, of uh, Atlantis where they come across that, that Atlantean city that uh, all these humans have uh, found the shield and turned it on for a year. And then they're oh, like, right. we're completely safe from the wraith. Isn't it great? And it's like, well, yeah, because you turned on that shield, your entire civilization will now be swallowed by a volcano.
1: No, Good womp job. Womp. that's what you get for dicking around. There's your trade off. <laughs>
2: a year and a half of happiness. Bum. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, I was thinking about um, the whole time travel archetype in science fiction, and it's one of my favorites. I mean, I'm like, I love time travel stories in almost any form. But I was thinking about the whole. I'm not like as well read as, as you guys are, I think, and a lot of other people in, in science fiction uh, novels and stuff. But my understanding is that almost always when science fiction addresses time travel, it, it treats it like a linear thing, you know, like what we've been talking about, the logical linear before, after, you know, causality and that sort of logical move. right? Right. And one of the only things that I've ever seen that, that addresses it in a nonlinear way is deep space nine.
2: Oh, okay. I don't know where you're going. Okay. Deep space nine. Really?
1: Yeah. Deep space nine. Well, yeah, with I remember the, the, the prophets yeah. and how they, they don't have any they live out of time oh, and they just right, see everything
0: right. at once. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. So, you know, but what's interesting is on earth right now, there are cultures who see time slightly differently. You know, it doesn't mean that they don't believe in like before and after, but, but there are some, uh, you know, like East Asia, there are parts of East Asia and in, in different cultures where they they have kind of a a circular concept of time, or yeah. like things like um, some of the ideas behind Buddhism have circular concepts of time. And right, they, like they Davis, had,
0: you know, that thinks Battlestar Galactica really happened.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Corner gas. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, but I mean,
2: well, it, I think the reason that a lot of a lot of the um, a lot of the uh, description and and writing of time travel is very kind of a linear kind of you know cascading progression like you go back in time okay now you're moving forward from this point etc etc is because you know you get sci-fi writers that are theoretically thinking very logically in terms of how a lot of this sci-fi works and in terms of perception of uh, four dimensions it's it's hard to uh it 's hard to grasp it in in many different ways I mean you, you know we observe time as moving forward at a constant rate right and that's that's just how we perceive it and to try to perceive it in any other way is is hard to wrap your brain around I mean it doesn't Carl Sagan talk about four dimensions in, in cosmos in uh, you know it's like you have a two dimensional being trying to observe a th- a three-dimensional world. It can only observe it in a certain way. So our perception of time is very specific to how we're already perceiving time. So to try to think of it another way like how Deep Space Nine where everything is you know, you know, the prophets with non-corporealism or Doctor Who which is more like, well everything's occurring at once and it's just, you know, it's, it's not necessarily point A leads to point B leads to point C. It's like, you know, sometimes you know, uh, result A can re- uh, you know be its own cause or whatever. You know, so it's 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 kind of hard to wrap your brain around there, I think. for the Ouroboros, yes, yeah, actually, <laughs> or, or red dwarf. No, <laughs> I, I'm
1: glad you brought that up because Arawaris, you notice that it has the uh, the snake um, eating its own tail, essentially. But that's the infinity symbol, and if you look at things like the infinity symbol or the yin yang. And uh, those other kind of psych, like cyclical views of the universe, or like the idea of um, rebirth—you know, being reincarnated—or um, like in Buddhism, uh, there's this idea. Buddhism, which began in India and then moves over to China in various forms, this idea that you uh, you live, and that spiritually, the way that you live and and kind of uh, the morals that you follow is going to determine how many times you continue cycling through the process of life before you reach this uh, point of nirvana, where you kind of uh, kind of like Daniel Jackson, you ascend essentially. And, uh, and at that point you've kind of completed, you've learned what you needed to learn. But, but the, I think the concept is that most people take like many, 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 maybe thousands or whatever of times through. And you might, you might be a person, but you might not even be a person. You might be an animal, you know? Um, and anyway, it's just, it's really interesting because one, you're, you're saying that, you know, the writers are thinking logically, but, but logic can apply to circular time theory too. Right. It's just, we're so used to the kind of Western linear logic. And I wonder, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious about it because I, I would need to do more research and, and read the science on it, but you know, there are different philosophies about how time really works. And and like one thing that is interesting, okay, this isn't exactly a, um, like a measurable thing, but you know that in your own perception, time does not move at the same rate. Like when you're sitting, when you're a kid and you're sitting in math class in high school or whatever, and you're struggling, time moves extremely slowly and when you're hanging out with your friends or you've got some place to be or you only have limited time to do tasks or whatever, it goes right by.
2: Right. Um,
1: or there are, there are moments of kind of intense uh, adrenaline or maybe you're in a dangerous situation and you feel like everything slows down and you you can account for every detail. So it's interesting how our you were saying our perception of time is limited and we perceive it as moving at a constant rate, but we don't.
2: We, well, we I know I, yeah. it does
1: or we tell ourselves it does, but we we don't ever feel like it does. At least I don't.
2: Right. I, I, I guess the, the more accurate term that I would I, I would use then would be that it is our understanding that time moves at a constant rate. Right. That it progresses along a certain fashion. Our perception does change. And and that's I mean, in, 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 perception is, is the entire thing. I mean. I think I said this on GWC a long time ago is that when we were discussing Cosmos is that the, the biggest, the one of the most mind blowing moments for me was trying to perceive that fourth dimensional hypercube, you know, where it's like, it's, it's a, it's a fourth dimensional object where each side of the object is a cube.
0: Yeah, I can't, I can't. I thought you were just. Gonna, I thought we, I was gonna. You know, I, you want to perceive a fourth dimension? You know, cube. I thought I would just draw a cube in three dimensions, but I just draw each side like an hour apart.
2: <laughs> nice. It'll, it'll eventually be a cube. It's a time wait. cube.
0: It is. It's a time cube. You the fourth dimension. You have to wait. You know, for it to work yep. out.
1: That's
2: awesome. That Sorry. You draw a line, and you're like, haha, Now it's a one dimensional cube." <laughs>
0: Uh, Two, one and four.
2: Yeah. (laughs)
1: Sorry. (laughs) Well, anyway, um, I'm sure that there are people who listen who have ideas or or theories or something to weigh in about the different perspectives on time, you know, scientifically or just how you perceive it. Mm -hmm. Um, And also ideas about, you know, uh, that kind of uh, that archetype in in sci-fi which has a lot to do with morality. It always comes down to the ethical question, right? Ultimately It always I, does. The lesson is always supposed to be that no one person should ever have the kind of power. Don't F with time. Yeah, no. to control, you know, the fates yeah. of so many other people.
0: Cause and effect. Or it's maybe, supposed to be that way, and if you mess with it, bad things happen. <laughs>
1: Ultimate maybe one- power
2: corrupts absolutely. Or don't F with time. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's so the subtitle. Yeah. yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> Colon. Don't f with yeah. time.
1: That was nice. the shorthead
2: you wanted to use, but you know, nobody, nobody took him seriously.
1: But I was thinking, maybe, maybe no one person should have the power to control the destiny of even one other person. You well, know. Then
2: you throw hierarchical uh, communities right out the window at that point. <laughs> It's a deep point, guys.
0: Sadly, we're going to have to wrap up. Maybe we continue it next time a little and, bit. And
1: this storyline does continue. So, Yeah, there's we'll a get lot some more say. time
0: to talk about it. Sorry about Man, that. This,
2: I, this is why I was so happy to, to watch the end of this season. Because it's yeah. just it's just so much deeper than I ever remembered it being. And, and it's just it, it kind of really churns your brain.
1: And we don't have to have that long uh, wait between seasons. We can move no. right in. We'll be back <laughs> next week
0: with another podcast. Audrey, you got anything to add here in the last minute?
1: Nope, just looking forward to talking about more time travel because I love it.
2: Ooh, me too. Juan, next time, episode, season two, episode one of Phoenix Rising. Looking nice. forward to it. All right, we'll see you next week. From everyone here at Save
0: Eureka and GWC, thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch Eureka or other fun shows with some of the friendliest people in geekdom, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. We'd love to hear from you as well. If you have something to add to the show, give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229. And follow the instructions there to leave us a message for inclusion in a future podcast. Financial support from listeners like you keep all GWC podcasts on the net each week. To find out how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash donate.